Hey, Philo people, what's up? Welcome to the Philo Podcast, where our goal is to help you as technical artists become more effective so that your church can become more effective. We do that not only through the podcast that you're listening to, but through Philo Coaching, which includes Philo Cohorts and the Philo Conference. And we got a bunch of resources on our website, as well as our Philo book, I Love Jesus, But I Hate Christmas, available on Amazon. It's crazy to watch the summer fly by, and if you're in the Midwest like me, you spend so much time of the year wishing for warmer weather, and then it seems to be over before you know it. I mean, I know it's not over yet, but it just seems like it's on the horizon. I mean, where we are, the school supplies are out. I even saw a Christmas decoration somewhere. Oh my gosh. And you know what? Although I have nothing to complain about. I mean, I have friends in Edmonton, Alberta, and Canada. Also, our friends from Sweden. Oh my gosh. I have nothing to complain about. Hopefully, wherever you live, you've been able to enjoy your summer, time with family or friends or maybe both. And with what we do, we need to figure out how to do it for the long haul. And taking meaningful time away is important. Winston Churchill talks about the trouble with overusing parts of our brain and that we need to give those parts a rest every now and then. And not only that, but we need to activate a new part of our brain to help us to stop thinking about our work. And he talks about this in his book, Painting as a Pastime. And it turns out he was somewhat of an accomplished painter, enough to write a book about it, I guess, which is one of the many facts I learned about Mr. Churchill in my near obsession with books written about him or books he's written. I am a huge Winston Churchill fan, and I'm about to read a long quote from his this book, Painting as a Pastime. And so bear with me. Here we go. It may also be said that rational, industrious, Useful human beings are divided into two classes. First, those whose work is work and whose pleasure is pleasure. And secondly, those whose work and pleasure are one. Of these, the former are the majority. They have their compensations. The long hours in the office or the factory bring with them as their reward, not only the means of sustenance, but a keen appetite for pleasure, even in its simplest and most modest forms. But fortune's favored children belong to the second class. Their life is a natural harmony. For them, the working hours are never long enough. Each day is a holiday. And ordinary holidays, when they come, are grudged as enforced interruptions in an absorbing vocation. Yet to both classes, the need for an alternative outlook of a change of atmosphere, of a diversion of effort, is essential. Indeed, it may be well that those whose work is their pleasure are those who most need the means of banishing it at intervals from their mind. I love this. All that to say, give yourself a break. I mean, you need it. You need to reactivate a different part of your brain than the one that's always thinking about work. You need it. Your church needs you to take a break. Your family needs you to take a break. It makes you a better human. Over the summer, the follow team, we had a chance for a road trip. We drove down to Indy and met with a group of 20 or so church technical artists from churches all over the Indianapolis area. And it was great to be with other production people, and it was a chance for us to encourage each other. We then helped facilitate a team night for the production volunteers at Radiant Bible Church, who are led by Wes Harris. He's a great friend of Philo and one of the leaders of our Philo cohorts. And it was fun just talking about stuff that matters with this team. We didn't just talk gear, but working through what the team thinks about excellence, uh, how their church views excellence, and you know if the team values each other. The best part is we had ice cream with Portilla's chocolate cake, so not a bad meeting overall. 
Uh, the next day, we drove down to Cincinnati to meet with the production team at Crossroads Church, which is a 10-campus multi-site church in southern Ohio and parts of Kentucky. And the production team at Crossroads typically sends the largest team to the Philo Conference. And we wanted to hang with them and see what all the fuss was about. And they were amazing hosts. And it was so good to see what they have going on with their huge volunteer team at all their campuses. So thanks for the hospitality, Crossroads. It was just refreshing to be with church tech people. And I think it was great just to be in community with fellow technical artists. And we talked a lot about the gear we're using, how it all works as part of our conversations. And Resi came up a bunch, a lot of people using Resi. And on our podcast today, we're joined by Nate Anderson, who is from Resi, formerly Living as One. And like Philo, they're really interested in helping the local church become more effective. And they have some great products to help with that. And so we sat down and talked to Nate about his story and the story of Resi. So let's jump in. Nate, how's it going? Hey, good. How about you? Yeah, doing all right. Uh, enjoying your summertime so far? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going, going camping this, this, uh, first time I'm up here in, in Colorado. So we, we, okay. uh, have a one year old and haven't had a chance to go camping. So we're going this weekend. We're oh, pretty man. excited about that. Camping with a one year old. I <laughs> yeah. think of a few things I'd rather do. <laughs> uh, we'll see if it's a good decision or yeah, bad. Yeah. I actually did. We did it with our, with our son when he was about one and it was like, it was rainy and humid. It was like, <laughs> it was gross. It was gross yeah. as an adult, let alone like, yeah changing diapers and baby right. food and all that stuff. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm sure like it'll be gross. great for you. Yeah. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> yeah. We had quite a few conversations at the Philo conference that just happened. Have we met before then or? Probably just, just been passing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been to a few Philo uh, conferences in the past and we always love any chance that we can get there. So yeah. it was awesome to be able to be rejoined uh, live. Our first actual, I think, really big first in-person event of okay. any church community that we've been to this year. Oh, wow. So it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was nice to be with people, like actual people in person. And yeah, it was a little smaller than normal, but it was still felt pretty good to just be with people. So definitely. Yeah, it was great to have you there. I mean, Resi has been a huge partner since almost the beginning of Philo. And, uh, and especially as we've been streaming, uh, you guys what do we have like 11 or 12 streams <laughs> happening simultaneously this, this last year. So yep. uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for helping us do that. Oh man. Well, it's our pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It was fun seeing that picture that I think somebody posted of, of the 12 encoders and right. the last one was like, in case of fire, use this. It's yeah. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. So good. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do currently and then uh, maybe your process of, you know, what your story, how your story led to this yeah. My current title is director of marketing at Resi. And mm-hmm. um, what that means is I, I get the great honor of being able to really talk with churches all day and and share you know a bit about what we do and about Resi and how we like to help churches, but also just get to hear from churches and hear their stories. And, and that's really the most fun part of, of, of what we get to do too, is we, we really you know don't view ourselves as the, the company that knows everything in terms of what you should and shouldn't be doing in ter- terms of church technology. What, what we want to do is just be um, a friend and a, and a guide um, for churches and uh, to be able to share with our community. So we you know, take any opportunity that we can from a marketing perspective to be able to get our community together and just share stories you know, similar to what you guys do about mm-hmm. here's what's working, here's what's not, here's what's coming up. 
in church technology and how churches are using technology and streaming effectively in order to better accomplish their goals. So that's what I get the privilege of being able to do. And I've been with Resi since really almost the beginning, but I was a part of a church before um, as a video director and then a communications director. Okay. Had a similar story, just in a different location to how the Resi guys, um, there were about three uh, guys that really started Resi uh, out of their church down in Texas because yeah. they had realized that technology, streaming technology, uh, is complicated and unreliable and depends on the reliability of your internet connection, which in and of itself is, you know, destined to not be reliable by right, nature. Right. And so they said, hey, how do we create a solution that's going to be reliable regardless of that and also easy to use? You know, I was dealing with that as a, as a church tech um, up in Minnesota, happened to kind of cross paths with uh, the resi, uh, then living as one right. guys at that point and, uh, and joined back then. So, yeah, okay. it's been fun to see it grow and, and see how churches, you know, have used technology, obviously, uh, how that's changed in the past few years, and especially with COVID, how everything has been accelerated through that, too. Sure. Now, how did you end up as a, a video director at a church? Not every church has a video director, but yeah, uh, yeah. how did you yeah, end up there? You know, I actually was just like another, any other, uh, you know, 14-year-old church tech volunteer <laughs> um, uh-huh. kind of happened to to, to get, my, get my way in at, at the church at that point. I, I've always loved, you know, technology and, and broadcasting and um, had an opportunity to serve as a camera operator at the church that I was attending at, you know, as a kid, ended up going to school for marketing and, and working at this school that I was a part of as well um, at this college as kind of a production technical uh, manager, and then had the opportunity as this church in Minnesota was was growing to be able to say, obviously, video is becoming a, a bigger and bigger thing. And uh, for, for churches, we weren't even streaming at the time. You know, we were just archiving and everything, but mm-hmm. that was becoming a bigger and bigger thing and, and had the opportunity to, to come on staff after volunteering a number of years there. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And then you moved into marketing at the same church? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You kind of see this convergence of, you know, church technology and marketing and communication and how do we think differently about how to reach people and how to communicate differently in markets uh, to our communities? Sure. Right. Yeah, cool. So now you're at Resi after working at a church. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know what Resi is, like, could you explain it to us? Just like, what is the technology actually doing? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's actually a really cool process. So like I mentioned, we know the internet is unreliable. It's at the end of the day, just a mess of wires that are running all around the world. <laughs> so you're, you're going to have packet loss at some point along the way, whether that's at the broadcast site or between you and the 20 hops that your ISP is sending you on. And uh, what we said is, hey, if we know that the internet is going to experience failures at some point along the way, how about instead of sending that data and just hoping for a perfect connection 100% of the time. What if we say, hey, we, we know that there's going to be failures uh, at some point. We know mm-hmm. that there's going to be packet loss. And how do we still have a perfect stream regardless of that? And that was really the philosophy that we started with Resi is, hey, we want to get every frame to the viewer. Every frame is accounted for. And mm-hmm. that's kind of a different different thinking where it's like, we don't want buffering wheels. We don't want dropped frames. We want to make sure that every frame gets to the viewer. 
because we know the power of that to our viewing audience. We know that, you know, 27% of people leave after one buffering wheel, almost 70% of people leave after two. So it's not just like a quality thing for us of wanting to make sure that it looks the best. That's mm-hmm. definitely a part of it, but we know that it has an impact on our audience. People don't get, you know, aren't getting any more patient when it comes to a viewing experience online. There's so many things that are competing for their time and their mm-hmm. energy. Uh, and so, how do we make something as sticky and as effective as possible? And so that's really everything that we do. And we want to be able to do it as easily as possible, too, because we know that churches are already strapped for resources in terms of their staff or volunteers or whoever else. So right, right. how do we make this be a process where as we're going to automate as much as we can and then make it so that way um, – you don't even have to think about it on a weekly basis. It sure. just works. Well, and I think too, maybe to back up in time, you know, pre-COVID, let's call it, you know, the yeah. the thing that that I was really impressed with Resi was just the point to point, you know, encoder, decoder between. So I was working with a church in the Chicagoland area that had eight locations. And so they were streaming the the messages to all these locations. I was even helping out at a church this past weekend and, you know, same was like we were receiving the message through Resi. And so you can't even, buffering wheel is like not even, no, you can't see it once. Yeah. It's like, it has to Mm -hmm. work. Yeah. It's like a different, it's a little bit of a different standard almost. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a much, you know, there's, there's, there's a bar of excellence that you want for your online stream because that affects your attendees engagement. But mm-hmm. it's, it's even another thing entirely when you have somebody, you know, in a room where you're trying to emulate the broadcast campus as much as possible. And that's right. really important because any interruption and then, you know, you're taken out of that moment, you're taken out of that experience. And so it's really ultra critical for sure for multi-site to make sure that that reliability happens. Sure. And yeah, the, the multi-site side of it is pretty cool too, because we, we always say, you know, with the web with the web live streaming platform, we, we solve the first mile. So we solve getting the data to the cloud perfectly, mm-hmm. but we can't solve for like, we and we do some creative things like adaptive bit rates and stuff like that for like a user's internet connection. Sure, right. Too, to try to try to help them with that. But with multi-site, it's, it's truly end to end. So we're actually caching at the broadcast site, we're caching at the cloud and we're caching at the receiving site. So you can have an internet connection outage that's as long as your delay between campuses and still have a perfect stream. Right. And that really opened it up initially, you know, with when multi-site was, um, multi-site, of course, was a big deal pre-COVID and then everybody was in their houses. Now, now we're looking at multi-site churches start, starting to open up and starting to plant new campuses again, which is really awesome. But right, right. For, for me, especially in the church that I was a part of, so we were going multi-site and that was like our options were either digging dark fiber between buildings, which is astronomically expensive. Yeah. Super or using, awesome, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or, or, or relying on our internet connection, which is going to be the internet. And yeah. so, yep. you know, Resi w- was really the first solution to be able to say, hey, I'm going to be able to reliably stream multi-campus on, an, on a public internet connection and not have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. I, so this church that I was a part of that, you know, that we were using Resi, we were in the process of trying to figure out all of our streaming equipment was old and felt like this is, this is the thing that's going to fail next. And so we need to invest in a new solution. And we were, you know, like searching, 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 and finally had decided we're just going to replace the stuff we have with the newer version of that piece of gear because there really wasn't anything we had seen that had come out that was, you know, 
going to do it. And yeah, somebody said, hey, uh, you know, at the time there's this company called Living as One and uh, we think you should take a look at it. And so I don't think we knew this at the time, but we were the first kind of like deploy with a large, I think we doubled the number of sites, you know, just by (laughs) signing on uh, that, yeah, that Living as One was a part of. And Uh I can remember it was, a. I mean, it must have been somehow involved Easter like that uh, or Christmas, one of the big holidays. And yeah. I can remember being at the campus with the worst internet yeah. and just watching that buffering, <laughs> like the the space, like, oh my gosh, we're getting closer to the end of that buffering zone. And, yep. you know, it ended up working great. Yeah. But uh, I can remember the the volunteers were used to a very complex kind of mode of how to do the service, uh, yeah. how to receive the signal, how to line up basically two separate feeds, the kind of the center shot and the wide, sure. you know, the wide shot and the IMAG. And, you know, they were having to do all this stuff in on the fly, trying to yeah. line it all up. And, and then when we switched to Resi, we we're like, oh, you know how to use Netflix? It's like that simple. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But what about this? No, you don't have to worry about that. Well, what about this right. thing? No, don't worry about it. Just hit yep. play, hit the cue point, hit play. Yeah. Super yep. easy. Anyway. That was uh, some time ago, yeah, five or six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking about the multi-site churches and then the online church. Like, what is your, do you know kind of what the breakdown of, is it like half and half that Resi (laughs) provides or is it, you know, is now because of COVID it's all online and like just a couple of multi-site things or? You know, honestly, it's, it's, it's been interesting just because there hasn't really been able to, we haven't really been able to get a, a good metric or a good read on multi-site just because it's been so different depending on where people are at in the world and, and okay. how they're choosing to run their church and their, run their campuses. Sure. So, you know, if you, if you consider most of the churches that are multi-site are now resuming multi-site as far as I'm got at, it. as far as uh-huh. I know, which is great. But there were a lot that were paused for a while. But I'd say probably, you know, twenty percent of the churches that are using us for live streaming are also using us for multi-site in got some okay. capacity. Well and I suppose on some level you could do multi-site by just being doing online versus mm-hmm. the encoder decoder. I mean somebody could be doing it that way. Yeah, there's some churches that do that or do microsites where they have, you know, Roku's and schools or prisons or right. you know, other places where, you know, a decoder might not make sense. Sure, right, um, right. A full-on decoder if you've got, you know, 15, 20 people gathered in a coffee shop or something. But, sure, right. Um, you can throw a Roku in there or something on a on a display and it works great that way Sure, too. yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Do you have any non-church clients? Like, are you doing any sort of other streaming out there, like sporting yeah. events or? Yeah, we do just because of the nature of kind of how unique our, our system works. Mm-hmm. So we've had the opportunity to do some really unique uh, events and really unique clients that need this problem to solve this, the same right. exact problem. But through the years, like we've, we've always wanted to keep our heart on, on churches, right? Um, sure. We're, we're, we're happy to help other organizations accomplish whatever they want, you know, um, in terms of, of streaming, but we really enjoy working with our, with our churches and having a heart for helping them, Sure. you know, accomplish their goals. And that's, that's the, the story that we really like to tell and the story that we like to share with, with, you know, all of our marketing and everything. Sure. Yeah. From a, like a COVID standpoint, I would imagine that on some level, you guys had your hair on fire for a few months, just trying to keep up with demand or was it, was it super easy going? 
<laughs> man, it, it was it was definitely pretty nutty. Yeah, you know, I think all of the churches that we work with, they 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 all felt that too. I mean, a lot of them were getting up and going with a complete you know video setup, and they had to do it. It was Thursday, and they had to have it by Sunday or whatever. Right, right. And <laughs> different restrictions depending on again where they were in the world and everything. Yeah, just being able to all of us figure out this COVID thing together and kind of figure out uh, what works best for churches and how to how to navigate this crazy new way of thinking together. Sure, right. And have you noticed uh, just any any particular trends in the last year as far as like how people are streaming online or so pre-COVID? I would imagine that ninety nine percent of churches were just showing their, not just, but, you know, just showing yeah. their service that's happening somewhere else and putting it online. Now, of course, uh, now that once COVID hits now, like, okay, we, now we don't have a thing that we're just showing people. We're like making something for this audience. Yeah. Yeah. Have things radically changed from a content standpoint that you've seen or? Yeah. You know, I, I would really say like, that's been one of the coolest things that I've seen even recently from churches is thinking about being outside of the box of this communication framework that we've all existed in for the past, you know, 50 years or whatever as church of being a three, three song worship set announcements and a, and a, and a sermon. Right. I mean, yeah, that, that, you know, may work, uh, in, in person. And, you know, I, I think everybody has kind of a different method of being able to participate in a church and participate in community. But, you know, most of the time when you, when you take this framework of, of in-person church, and and do it online unless it's done really well and even then it it doesn't always translate very well when it's to to a virtual audience right right and so it's been it's been cool to see how churches have been really able to be unique and contextualize their content for for an online space and for sure. an online audience and being able to say hey maybe it's not just you know it's a, it's a matter of time maybe it's not just sunday mornings maybe we should be doing content when people are engaging online throughout the week right right and maybe that's right when they're waking up in the morning or right when they're going to bed at night. And maybe it's content that, that is directed, you know, one person directly towards a camera and maybe it's uh, shorter snippets rather than a 40 minute message. Maybe we're just um, creating content throughout the week that speaks to, uh, to online. And so, and it's trends, I think that we're already really in progress too. I mean, we've, we've been realizing, I think as a church that we need to communicate differently, but yeah. when we've had this rapid flip to say, and this rapid acceleration of that trend to say, Hey, we're, we're focusing on the audience that isn't here and the community that isn't here rather than the people that are in our room. That's definitely forced. I think churches to start thinking, differently about how to reach people more effectively in that way a lot quicker. Yeah. I mean, I think too, when you're used to being in a church service, you can see people's engagement mm-hmm. and they're also less likely to just get up and walk out if they're bored. Right. Versus <laughs> right, exactly. yeah, watching online. It's like, yeah, I can have it on in the background, mm-hmm. which still shows me watching or, uh, you know, or I just turn it off when I'm bored. Right. Um, and so I think that's definitely changed a lot of thinking too about, Mm-hmm. Again, pre-COVID, where you just we're just putting our services online, yeah, and we're not watching analytics. It's just like a afterthought. And now it's right. like that's the only way we can tell what's going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, and it's a different way of measuring engagement too, right? I mean, that's definitely been a buzzword for us because in the in the past it's just been butts and seats, and that's how we've measured engagement. Right um, now, it's a little bit more complicated because we yeah. do need to look at things like watch time, and we need to take a look at where people are watching from and what device they're watching on and right, right. and all of that. Yeah. 
And are you noticing anything different now that, okay, some churches are back to to meeting in person and they're still doing the online thing? I mean, I, my sense is, or like the people I talk to, they're, they're trying to do two very different things now instead of just going back to kind of the way it used to be. Yeah. Um, but is that, are you seeing that or? Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting. I think, I think we're just in this, in this phase right now where churches are figuring it out, you know? Yeah. Because it does take a lot more time. Um, and, and it's, it's definitely, it takes a lot more time to be able to do that, that duplicate content and duplicate work for, right. for both contextual environments. Yeah. I had a lunch with somebody yesterday and he was saying, you know, we, we went all in on creating super specific content for, mm-hmm. uh, for this online thing. And now we're back to like, okay, we wanted to have a great in-room experience, but we also want to keep this online thing, you know, humming at top speed. And yeah. it's like, we can't, you know, that's like two separate groups of people. Right. Two, uh, and not just like, let's go back to the way we used to do it and, yeah. uh, you know, live and then still keep this other thing going. Like we don't have capacity mm-hmm. for that anymore. Yeah. 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 It'll, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, I think, for sure. Just because, and it'll, like I said, it's, I don't think it's a one size fits all. I think every church will be different in terms of what's more important to them. And a lot of churches that are in, you know, a specific demographic might see, you know, not, not many viewers online and most people return to the room. Um, other demographics might see the exact opposite where they continue to have a much larger online audience. And so, I think it'll be, you know, utilizing the tools best, utilizing the content best in, in a way that, that makes sense to reach uh, reach their particular audience in the sure. way that is most effective. Yeah. Yeah, I was just talking to um, Chad Vegas uh, over at Transformation Church yeah. and just like how their whole, you know, their growth came from kind of YouTube and social media and, mm-hmm. you know, they've got all these people watching, you know, that have never been to Tulsa and probably yeah. never will. Right. And that the world we live in is a totally different, uh, different animal when it comes to, yeah, how people absorb content. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And they're doing some cool stuff up there. I love Chad and their team, and yeah, they they they've done some really cool, unique things. They're 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 on the Resi platform. We had them on the podcast a few months back, and okay, yeah, them talking about how they streamed from their uh, flood Sunday, their, their, their baptism thing. That, yeah, um, yeah. And the cool shots that they had with the pterodact going underwater and everything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty fun to, to, to see, uh, see churches really get creative and artistic. Yeah. I, I love uh, watching what they're doing. I also get very, I'm tired just watching. The, like, <laughs> wow. That just looks like a lot of work, um, uh-huh. but so amazing. Yeah. So cool yeah. and fun and yeah. Creative. Yeah. So good. Now, is there anything from a resi standpoint, like anything new you guys are cooking up or stuff that you see coming on the horizon that you're making uh, changes towards? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, and and honestly, we haven't really talked about it publicly that much, but uh, we're we're really excited to be um, releasing what what many kind of consider, I think, the the last piece in the chain of, of what we've been able to offer in terms of a video infrastructure, which is uh, long-term storage and video on demand, which is really great. We have some some really cool long-term plans for it in terms of being able to have a, a, a unique platform where churches can share and syndicate and get their content out to their their audiences in, in some really cool ways. But for now, really what it'll allow us to do is uh, at least have a, a place where uh, folks can store their content long-term 
and make it a really seamless transition from live to on demand. So um, rather than having to download and trim and re-upload their content somewhere else. My goodness, uh, Resi's like uh, legit now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, because I know like even for us with with the Philo conference, you know, we had the 11 um, encoders and all that content, yeah, like pulling it down from from uh, your servers to then, yeah, do all the editing and all that stuff would be would be nice to just leave it there and mm-hmm. be able to access it, you know, without having to the extra few steps involved. So that, yeah. that's cool to hear. Yeah, and the cool thing too is it'll be a perfect perfect content too. So like that's the big difference. Like you know, you wouldn't typically want to use a stream file for archive because it's going to have all the issues that would happen during the stream. Right. Um, so any of like the issues that you would have with packet loss or anything like that, that would all be recorded. Right. But for us, it's it's just like using a mezzanine copy, right? Because you're you're actually uploading this video file through our through our system as you're streaming it, um, right. and it's making sure that that file is perfect um, before an end viewer sees it or before it's stored. Okay. Yeah. So cool. So we've been talking about churches and about non-churches using the Resi platform. I'd be curious, like, if there are any. You know, other than Philo doing 11 streams at the same time, which has probably been done before, like, are there any unusual ways that that you see people using the the Resi product? Man, I'd say one of the most fun ones was uh, right before COVID, we actually had the opportunity to stream between between two different cruise ships um, in the middle of the ocean. And um, there was a big seminar happening on both. And we had um, eight encoders and eight decoders on each ship. And we were out in the middle of the ocean, you know, had bad storms and everything. I think they were on a 15 minute delay between ships. Okay. And it was perfect. We had uh, talked to them about like what they were going to do kind of before they found Resi. And they said, you know what, our only other option was we were going to hire power line helicopter pilots uh, to fly between the two cruise ships. So, uh, they were going to have to like get these two helicopter, a helicopter pilot out in the middle of the ocean and actually land on each cruise ship and fly a hard drive back and forth. And, um, so that was, that was the other option. So we replaced helicopter pilots in that, Interesting. In that uh, event, which is pretty cool. That is, I actually know a few people that were on that event, uh, you know, on the production side. That was definitely yeah. an interesting dynamic. I guess I would have thought like microwave or something like that would have been an option. <laughs> you know, like they yeah. use uh, like on the the remotes for, you know, TV newscasts. Yeah. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, and they were actually, they were on two different ships, kind of on different, different sides of like one was over uh, on the other side of Cuba and then. One was another place. So oh, right. So they weren't line of sight. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just assumed that they were just traveling together, you know, just like yeah. right next to each other. But yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, All fun. the things people think of Yeah. to do. <laughs> Man. Oh, that's cool. Well, it's been really great spending a few minutes talking to you. I really love what you guys are doing. I mean, from a user experience, it changed the ballgame for me and my my immediate context. And yeah, I just, I love that you guys have a heart for the church. And I even love that this really cool technology was born out of the needs of the local church. I always said that, you know, the, so when we were in the process of trying to figure out what to do, we were doing the dual stream thing. And I always said, if the NFL wanted to do this, this would have been figured out like a long time ago, (laughs) you know, but this is such a unique at the time, such a unique thing to the church. Nobody else is really doing this. And so 
yeah, I uh, just appreciate that, you know, a few guys decided to sit down and say, let's figure this out. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's been, you know, I just look at that church that I was a part of. I look at the church that, I'm, that I go to now and yeah, this, the thousands around the world that I know are using your product. Like, yeah, the, the world's a, a better place because more people can see their, the content of their church, you know, in a solid way. So, yeah, well, we're, we're privileged and blessed to be able to do what we get to do. And, and, uh, you know, any chance that we can do to, to help a church or, uh, you know, be a part of, of this, this awesome community of churches, um, and Philo, especially in what you guys mm-hmm. do to, uh, equip churches and make them feel like make uh, production guys feel like they're not alone in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 uh, love to be a part. Yeah. It's been so great. Thanks for making time, and yeah, maybe see you, uh, hopefully see you before the next Philo. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You know, at Philo, we've really loved working with the people of Resi. From the perspective of what we do as technical artists in the local church, it's nice to know that Resi was created by people who understand the challenges you know, that we deal with week to week and that they created something so useful for helping the local church become more effective. I just absolutely love it. So thanks for joining us, Nate. As the summer's closing out, don't forget, pour into yourself before you start emptying yourself out again for the ministry year. We're in this for the long haul, not the sprint. And so make sure you're full before you start giving it away. Spend some time remembering why you decided to serve in production in the first place. Don't just dive back into the craziness of it all without thinking. And as part of helping you develop yourself and pouring into yourself, we've just released the resources from Philo 2021 for you to be able to download. If you need a little refresher on a topic or just want to be re-inspired to keep going, the content from the Philo 2021 conference is a great resource to take advantage of, especially before you jump into Christmas planning and all that stuff. Oh my gosh, I think I just threw up in my mouth. Christmas! Uh, You can go to philo.org and get all the resources available there. So you can keep up to date with everything Philo has going on by subscribing to this podcast or check out the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at at Philo Community and on Twitter at at Philo Conference. All right, see you next time.